This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. It is a 7.45. I'm Howard Feldman. Good morning. Anthony Wright, good morning to you. How are you? Booker Tov. Um, unfortunately, we wake up to some ah. more bad news this morning, which is um, the fact that three of our soldiers were killed overnight in Gaza. Mm. Um, we have um, two very, very senior um, high-ranking officers in the IDF um, in the form of Lieutenant Commander Yair Cohen, he was promoted to the rank of Lieutenant Commander posthumously. We also have Lieutenant Commander Netanel El Kubi, and we have Sergeant Major Ziv Khen, all of them reserve soldiers, all of them with families and children at home um, who've given their lives in the protection of our country and of our people. And I cannot emphasize enough that the representation that our soldiers have when going out to battle is not only representing the state of Israel and the Israeli people, but also representing Jews around the world. And they do it extremely proudly indeed. And they are very conscious of that responsibility. So of course, uh, our hearts are broken this morning at the loss of three soldiers, our condolences to their families and our gratitude to them for the amazing brave work that they've done in the defense of our country and of our people. Absolutely, absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, apparently more stories have emerged regarding the rescue of the hostages from Gaza. Yes, yeah, so the story surrounding Fernando Marmon and Luis R. Um, just continue to come out and, you know, not only about the rescue, mm-hmm. but indeed about the way in which they were held captive in Gaza. Let's not forget that both of these men who were from kibbutz near Itzhak and related to each other, um, both of them were left behind in Gaza by family members, women in their family who were Mm. also kidnapped and who were released during the initial hostage exchange program. So these two guys um, were with their family members, with their wives and with their children, Uh, during the initial uh, uh, 40-odd days of captivity and then were advised that um, there was going to be a hostage release and they thought that they may well be part of the exchange. But ultimately, the women in the family were released, um, one of whom was the the girl Mia with the the dog when she came out. Mm. She was uh, one of their family members. Um, And these two guys were left behind uh, by... Uh, their members of their family. So, of course, that was a very heart-wrenching moment for them when uh, they were pulled out of the tunnels. And there's some stories about how they were all taken from underneath these tunnels. Uh, The women were released, the men were left behind. They were then held in this apartment in Rafah. And we told that they they were held by a civilian family. So those who feel that innocent civilians are um, innocent 
um, to emphasize the word civilians are innocent in this. Um, I think they are probably innocent civilians. I think they are undoubtedly innocent civilians, but there are so many civilians who are really not innocent and who really are involved and who are complicit with not only the holding of hostages, but of course the um, massacre that took place in the war that's ongoing. They were held by a civilian family and these two guys, um, ironically, both of them were Argentinian immigrants living on kibbutz in Yitzchak. And of course, we know that the Argentinian president happened to have been in Israel last week, um, visited the Kotel in those heart-wrenching scenes. So a real link between the visit by the Argentinian president and the release of these two immigrants from Argentina. Um, they were held um, by the civilian family. They were expected to cook and clean for the family. And they themselves mm. were fed mostly pita bread and white cheese while they lived with them. They said that they were hungry and their body weight um, is evidence of this fact because both of them have lost a great deal of weight. Um, they were um, also uh, people who were dependent upon medication who didn't have access to their medication. Uh, they were told that at one stage they were given some medication, although it's not clear exactly whether the medication was relevant or not to them, but somehow they managed to come out pretty strong and, and mentally amazingly strong um, when they eventually came out. The actual operation that took place um, late on Sunday evening uh, was conducted by a combination of amazing intelligence work that really pinpointed exactly where these guys were being held and under what circumstances, um, and also um, some incredible work on the ground by a combination of the Shayetet, which is actually um, a, a naval unit, was operating on the ground in Gaza, together with the Shabak, the Internal Security Agency, together with military, uh, with Air Force units, and of course, the 669 Search and Rescue Unit, all involved in the rescue of these two uh, individuals and even though they were being held by civilians uh, and of course that has given Hamas the opportunity to say oh these were guys who were not really held by us anyway they were just held by civilians so we don't know anything about it it's got nothing to do with us but let's not forget that all the apartments around were armed with terrorists with weapons and that they were members of Hamas who were guarding this apartment, even though the apartment itself was housed by civilians, but all the way around were Hamas terrorists. And one of the soldiers is quoted as saying, it's the first time that I've gone into a rescue operation knowing from the outset that we would come under live fire. We knew this from the outset. There was absolutely no doubt that we were going into a situation where there was going to be live fire directed towards us. And then they went in to rescue civilians. The two uh, Israeli hostages were actually asleep when they came in to rescue them. One of them came out barefoot from the apartment when he was dragged out. And there was a, an amazing scene where one of the Shabak operatives handed over his own shoes to the hostage to give him mm -hmm. shoes to wear because the ground outside was filled with, with glass and, and, and inhospitable terrain. And they were going to have to run to a helicopter for that helicopter to take them out of Gaza. And so the Shabak operative gave his personal shoes over to the hostage for him to wear. And there's a great picture of him at the hospital wearing the Shabak operative's shoes still. 
and they were given jackets and um, once they were taken out of the apartment into the vehicle and then those great words which came out over the radio haya halomim bayadeinu that was the announcement of the diamonds are in our hands <laughs> that was the moment that we knew that they were in safety um in the vehicle being taken towards the helicopter that was going to be landing in Gaza to pick them up and it kind of harks back to those amazing words that were uttered by Motagul in the 1967 that, yeah. war when he said par habait the temple mount is in our hands it was almost as as a remarkable at that moment when we heard haya halomim bayadeinu the diamonds are in our hands um and from there they were picked up in an amazing uh, rescue operation by helicopter taken to the hospital and of course the stories are coming out about um, the search and rescue effort that took place how brave our operatives were to go into this live fire situation they were fired upon there are some amazing scenes of video footage showing them being rescued from the apartment them being in the in in the vehicle with the soldiers introducing themselves i'm louis i'm Fernando yeah. how do you do thank you for break have my jacket have my shoes we're going to take you to the helicopter don't panic but you're going to need to move fast in order to get into the helicopter safely and then you'll be taken to hospital it's just um, a movie in the making almost um and we are hoping very much that there will be many many more of these stories because it's just remarkable and i have to tell you that in spite of the um very very sad news of the loss of soldiers yesterday morning we felt a real spirit through the state of israel yesterday when we heard about the hostages being released people were really feeling um much much lighter in their mood and of course everybody hoping that there will be more news like this in the not too distant future and um, what what all of this really says is that um we can rescue hostages who are in relatively good shape and it is worth continuing the battle in rafah and that's really what's driving um not only the prime minister but the troops on the ground because they know that stories like this even after 129 days can be told and can be related and that's what we really aim towards no doubt about that a few people have asked and sent questions about the viability of two states now many of us have always and long long believed in the aspiration of a two state solution it it's uh, moved further away from reality when when we saw what happened to Gaza and we saw what was allowed to happen to Gaza the world is pushing very very hard to come back to a solution that it, that does result in in both the palestinians uh, being recognized in uh, to ha- as having uh, the uh, a state as well as israel What's the reality on the ground? Um so let's just take a step back for a moment. The two-state solution in theory is really logical and achievable. It can be achieved with goodwill and good intention from both sides. Um the two-state solution I believe is the only ultimate solution and the main reason for that is that Israel has no desire and no intention to rule over 2 million people living in Gaza 
uh, and another million on living in the Judea and Samaria area within the Palestinian Authority area. The Israeli government and the Israeli people have absolutely no desire to make those people part of the state of Israel, to impose our style of government and our style of, of, of administration over those people. There is no will, no desire to do that, not from our side and clearly not from their side. They just don't belong naturally within the borders of the state of Israel. And there is no reason for us to have the responsibility of ruling over them and, and having to battle with so many issues. Do we afford them full Israeli citizenship? If we do, what are the consequences of that? How do they live within a Jewish uh, country, which is what we will not give up on? And so there are just too many difficult questions, many of them insoluble, and, and, and it's just illogical for the state of Israel to rule over those people, to rule over Gaza, um, even though some people do believe that this, the land of Gaza belongs to a greater state of Israel, and I get that. But the reality is that there are two million Arabs living in Gaza who don't want to be part of the state of Israel, and who Israel doesn't want to have as citizens of our country and have to take responsibility for them. There is just an agreement that we don't want to be part of mm. the same country. So therefore, a two-state solution makes imminent sense. And we did, we have tried that, and indeed one could argue that we are trying that, because the Palestinian Authority area is a quasi-state for all intents and purposes, even though it is not fully recognized by the international community as a proper state under the uh, jurisdiction of the United Nations, but it is a quasi-state. And certainly Gaza was a quasi-state following 2005 when Israel withdrew from Gaza for the reasons that are outlined outlined in the beginning. The main reason that Israel withdrew from Gaza was exactly because we don't want to rule over them and those people. Um, and so it made sense for Israel to, to move out. The problem is that once you create a state, the question is who will rule over the state and what your relations will be. And that's where things start to fall over because there isn't really a proper government who has peaceful intentions to build neighborly relations with a Jewish state who we can say, you take over and rule that state and let's get along like two proper neighbors would get along. We'll tolerate each other. We will be peaceful towards each other. We'll do some cooperation, whatever it is, but we won't be at war with each other and we won't seek to destroy each other, which is, I think, a critical point. The problem, of course, now with the timing of a two-state solution is that if we suddenly create a second state now, it almost feels like a prize for bad behavior. Mm, it almost mm, feels like mm. as a result of the massacre, you're getting what you want. Yeah, Therefore, terrorism wins. That yeah. justify, exactly, justifies the actions. And I think that that would be a massive mistake. The Israeli government clearly recognizes the extent of that mistake. Some members of the international community think more about the initial things that I said more about and less about the fact mm, that mm. this potentially could be a reward for terrorism. That is not a good time to create a, a state. And let's just say things as they are, even though at the moment things of the Palestinian Authority are going pretty well. There are many, many things going on within the Palestinian Authority yeah, area. Let's be honest, the mm. IDF are very, very mm, much mm. operating in that area to clean things up under the cloud of the wall that's sort of being hidden away. But there are massive operations going on within the Palestinian Authority area. And one might argue that even Fatah and the Palestinian Authority is 
tantamount to Hamas in terms of some of the things that are going on. They're not quite as serious, but that also currently represents something of a threat to Israel, even though there is full cooperation, not full, but a lot of cooperation between Israel and the Palestinian Authority. That is where we leave it. Anthony Rach, thank you. As always, you can catch Anthony tomorrow morning at 7.45. That Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Oh,